everyone, this is Alvin, and welcome to Trexton Sci-Fi for this week. It is May 11th, 2008, and this is going to be podcast 173. On this week's show, Rico will be looking at the Enterprise episode, The Crossing. He'll have some news about the Star Trek movie and other science fiction movie and TV information, and a whole lot more. So stay tuned. Here we go. Today... We are about to cross a new threshold. For nearly a century, we've waded ankle-deep in the ocean of space. Now it's finally time to swim. On this site, a powerful engine will be built. An engine that will someday help us to travel a hundred times faster than we can today. Imagine it. Thousands of inhabited planets at our fingertips. And we'll be able to explore those strange new worlds and seek out new life and new civilizations. This engine will let us go bold where no man has gone before. Thank you. Let's go. Tracks in sci-fi. Well, hello, everyone, again. Uh, welcome to the show. This is Rico, and this is Trex and Sci-Fi. Well, I uh, just wanted to let you know I am uh, playing around with uh, a new computer setup this week. I, I The last couple of days have been pretty busy, pretty hectic for me. I finally uh, have built a new computer for the first time. I guess my old one was about three and a half years old or so, and it was really starting to show its age. Uh, you know, a Windows-based machine it was the main computer that I use for the podcast, and I decided to uh, order some new parts and put together a new uh, piece of equipment, piece of hardware here. And, uh, well, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, basically a trial and error. <laughs> but I finally got everything working, I think, pretty well. I'm uh, recording, actually, on the new computer, a Windows Vista woohoo, a machine uh, in Audacity still, just uh, for the technically minded out there that want to know. I'm still using the same microphone, same mixer setup, but things might be just a little bit different this week. Uh, I hope uh, things will sound still pretty good. Uh, if anybody notices anything strange or thinks uh, there's something that I should be aware of, you know, send me an email at treksf at gmail.com and let me know, but hopefully it'll go off without a hitch. Uh, I am going to be looking at the uh, episode from... Uh, Enterprise, excuse me, still a little distracted with all this new gear around me, uh, called The Crossing. Uh, this episode is from Season 2 of Enterprise. I thought it was kind of an interesting episode. Not a real epic one, but there's some interesting things that come up in it. And uh, to uh, to make things a little easier for myself again, this week again, for the second or third time in a row, I guess about the third time for Trek episodes, I'm going to look at uh, this episode, a full commentary on it. I didn't have time really to gather any clips so I am going to do uh, look at that episode and, and just kind of commentary along as I watch it on my secondary computer as the audio is fed to the main computer. Just, uh, again, a little more technical information than I usually give out. Uh, not that I'm trying to hide it, but I thought some people out there might be interested. So, again, we'll be doing that later in the show. Got a little bit of news and information. I, I found a... Uh, uh, in an interview uh, online with Zachary Quinto at a recent convention, I think it was, and I thought I would play it for you. I don't think it's that long. 
and if it gets a little too long, I'll, I'll shorten it up. I listen to some, to most of it, uh, but there's some interesting things in here for the Zachary Quinto. Of course, he's playing the role of Spock in the new Trek movie, and uh, of course, he's the villain Siler on Heroes. So let's start off the show with that. Uh, here's uh, an interview with uh, Zachary Quinto. This is Christopher with JohnJid.net. Across from me is Zachary Quinto. Hello. Yes, star of Heroes, the evil Siler. Or maybe not evil, maybe just misunderstood. <laughs> Pretty evil, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to touch on, I was reading your bio, and I'm always curious how someone gets their start in acting. I'm even more curious how some how an 11-year-old, how a young child decides that uh, that's something they really want to do. It was a real process. I was... Um I was in school, and one of my teachers sent home an article with my with me mm-hmm. to give to my mom that was about this performance group that was having auditions in Pittsburgh, where I grew up, and we didn't know any... I'd never performed before. I had never really done anything other than, like, music class in school or something, so... Right. Um, we decided to go to these auditions, and that was how it happened. It was a fluke. And it, really? And if it hadn't been for this teacher who mm-hmm. thought that my personality combined with my musical inclination at the time right. uh, was maybe something to explore then I probably wouldn't have So, well, and I went to the audition I got absorbed into this group and worked with them it was like a performance group for about five years and then started studying acting as a result of that and then got more serious about it as I got into high school mm-hmm. and, uh, and then it took me by storm yeah great and uh, what made you decide to make the jump from stage to screen? Uh, I went to college for theater, and then uh, at the end of my four years in school, they they uh, they take you to New York and to L.A. Wow. to uh, do a showcase for producers and directors and casting directors oh, and agents okay. and managers, mm-hmm. and that's really what brought me to L.A. I mean, I always thought I'd live in New York, and I always thought that I would start on stage and sort of see where it took me, but uh, the the psyche had different plans for me, so <laughs> I ended up in uh, in L.A. pretty much right away. Well, great. I've been out there okay. for about nine years. Um, certainly did a lot of uh, different roles, even when you made the jump to screen, um, uh, guest starring roles, a few reoccurring roles and everything. But uh, were you prepared when you took the role of Styler on Heroes? Uh, did you have any idea that it would be this, that Heroes would end up being this phenomena? Um, I got the job right as the first season was airing. So mm-hmm. I did know, yeah, because I didn't I wasn't a part of it for the you Oh know, that's right. That's true. I came in episode eight and they were shooting episode eight when they started airing episode one. So for me it was uh, a clear You couldn't uh, ask for trajectory, a better, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I couldn't have asked to come into it at a better time and to be a part of it uh, from the beginning. Um, but yet, not from the beginning before they knew it wasn't going to be a huge hit. Right. So, so well, I said, had all you, of the benefits you, and none of the stress. Right. You couldn't ask for anything better. You're about to, uh, and you are taking on one of the uh, biggest roles in television and movies now with the new J.J. Abrams uh, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. You're taking over the role of Spock. That's that's yeah. that had to be a little daunting, I would think. Um, it really wasn't daunting. It's strange. No. It felt so. It felt so right in a weird way, and I, and I found out that they were doing the the movie right as my episodes of Heroes were about to air. Mm-hmm. So, like the timing of it was just so precise and so specific, and um, it just made so much sense. And then on top of that, to be making it with these people who are, you know, of the most imaginative people in Hollywood today, <coughs> and uh, to have Leonard be involved, I mean, it, it really didn't feel daunting. It, it was strange to me. Like, 
even at Comic-Con last summer when we went down and, and announced that I'd be playing the role and there were like 6,500 people or something in this in this auditorium and I never felt overwhelmed, you know, I felt like I was uh, very well supported by the creative energy behind this project and uh, the people involved are people that I'd long hoped to work with, so. Um, knowing how the, the longevity of the Star Trek franchise, I mean, are, are you prepared for, you know, revisiting the role of Spock in the future, or...? I've been made to be prepared for this. <laughs> you know, I feel like uh, from this point on, Spock will be a part of my career as an actor. Mm -hmm. I don't anticipate my career as an actor to stop now that I've played this role. And I get that question a lot, like, oh, now you're playing Spock. Like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, well, I'm going to keep doing other things that excite me and challenge me and challenge my audience and excite my audience as well. And, um, you know, I've I've been very fortunate to be so warmly embraced by the sci-fi community and now more specifically the Star Trek community and that means a great deal to me um, but that's my career as an actor isn't limited to that genre or that realm and uh, so I'm now excited to go off and explore the territories and, uh, and, and play other roles and do other things as well so um, you know we're about to go back into production on the show Yay. that'll take up a lot of time pretty much right up until when the movie comes out next year Great. Um, I'll probably try to squeeze a, a movie or two in uh, while we're working on the show if I can and then gotta get back on stage it's time for that as well oh so, great yeah we'll see what happens thank you very much for uh, taking thank the you. time yeah, to talk with us no problem right, thank, thank you. you very much so there you have uh, that interview uh, with uh, Zachary Quinto I think there's some video too also if you go over I'll try to put a link to that all that in um, the podcast notes for this week it's from uh, a site called Janja J-O-N-J-A dot net and that was from uh a recent convention, which uh, I think is called yeah, Starfest uh, 08, uh, was when they caught up with Zachary there and talked to him a little bit about, of course, uh, his early career and the role of Spock in the new movie. And there was a comment uh, uh, on the listing that I found on their website that I thought was interesting that they said he seemed, when they asked him about, you know, taking on, was it daunting to take on this role of Spock? And, you know, his comments there say, you know, it didn't really phase him, oh, no big deal, you know, it was another acting job a little bit, kind of the way he indicated it. But they also mentioned his his body language was kind of saying something else. So i got to believe it's a little bit intimidating, you know, here's a 40-year-old-plus franchise uh, the character of Spock is probably one of the most widely known in entertainment to take on that part. It probably got to throw you a little bit uh, for a loop, but uh, I think Leonard Nimoy and he got along very well from the everything I've been hearing and reading, so I think that helped a lot as well, and Zachary kind of said that too. And, of course, we're all looking forward to next year's uh, season of Heroes, which looks to be um, about the villains primarily, so that should be a lot of fun. A little uh, commentary about other things going on in the movies and uh, television and the sci-fi and geeky realm. It looks like uh, Iron Man, of course, was a really huge, big hit at the box office last weekend. I'm not surprised at all, and I'm sure it's doing well this weekend, uh, too. I'd still got to go out and see it. I missed the—there's a little end scene past the credits that I—I I, I don't know if I mentioned that on last week's show, but— if you're going to see Iron Man, make sure you stay throughout the whole uh, movie through the credits. There's a little nice little scene at the very end of it that they tag on. 
Uh, so that's doing well. Uh, next weekend, we'll have Prince Caspian, the next Narnia movie coming out. I'm looking forward to that. I haven't gone to see Speed Racer yet. I, I do want to see it. Maybe I'll try to get out this week uh, to the movies. I've been kind of busy building this PC the last few days, but uh, I'd like to see the new, um, uh, this or not the new, excuse me, the Speed Racer film. It looks kind of, eh, I don't know. I'm so-so on it, but I think I'd like to see it in the theaters. The effects look pretty amazing. So, And, of course, Indiana Jones is only two weeks away. There's another one of those uh, TV spots uh, from the new Indiana Jones movie. If you go over to indianajones.com, there's about... Uh, Gosh, about nine or so of these TV spots up right now. They're all slightly different light edits, uh, very short and sweet. Uh, I like I, Steven Spielberg. I, I, you know, I think he really knows how to make a movie trailer. He just teases you enough. He puts enough information and, and some cool little bits of scenes in there, but he doesn't just overdo it. He doesn't show you the whole movie. Uh, I just I really like the way he he's keeping this kind of quiet and and not trying to give you a, a lot of information, just enough to tease you and make you really want to be there on opening day to see Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal. <laughs> it's such a long title, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So we will all be there on May twenty second. On the uh, TV front, uh, I, not much. I'm a little behind uh, on shows. Again, been busy with this computer thing. I haven't even watched last week's Lost or Galactica this week. I heard they were both pretty good, uh, so I'll have to catch up on that. I'm still watching Smallville, which is uh, fun. Although, I don't know, it's getting kind of a little bit bizarre. Uh, it's, uh, it is uh, going to be coming back for another season, I read, but they're going to have some cast changes and things. So I still enjoy that series, even after all the years it's been on. But the guy needs to, you know, Clark, or a.k.a. Superman, eventually needs to start, you know, flying around, disguising himself a little bit more. I mean, the guy's like, I think uh, Tom Welling, who plays Clark Kent uh, on the show, is, you know, like 30 years old in real life or something like that. But anyway, it's still kind of a fun show. Uh, just, uh, that's about it, I think. I think we're going to fade over now into, um, into the, uh, main topic, into uh, this episode, the second season episode of The Crossing, and, uh, well, let's get started playing it, and I'll comment as we go, since, uh, that will take up most of the rest of this week's show. So here we go with Enterprise's episode, The Crossing, from Season 2. Senses can't identify its hull composition. There doesn't even seem to be a warp signature. It's approaching at warp six. How big is it? It's big. More than 500 meters across. We're in visual range. Put it up. Well, into uh, the episode now uh, under the bridge of uh, the NX-01 Enterprise, uh, which I've always really liked the it's design they came up for that ship. I don't know if I've mentioned that before, but I really like the, uh, the Enterprise uh, version from the show Enterprise. No response, sir. Oh, she's got her little uh, Bluetooth thing in her ear here, and uh, just like Spock used to have that earpiece. Uh, it's kind of funny now when you see people walking around with cell phones with those little, uh, very much like the Spock and what Hoshi wears here uh, in them, uh, 
in their ears. What the hell is that? And the Enterprise is being basically pulled into this large uh, vessel right now. Which the interior of it kind of looks to me like uh, V'ger did. I thought that was kind of interesting. Getting from During the uh, the little opening credit theme song here, we'll give you a little bit of background in this episode. Again, this is from uh, Season 2. The episode name is The Crossing. This was Episode 18 of the series. First aired back on April 2nd, 2003. So only about uh, five years ago now since this episode first aired. Five years, man. Time really does fly, I think. Uh, it's basically a, a story that... The interesting part about this story, I thought, that was the the fact that these aliens eventually start to take over the bodies of the various crewmen and how that impacts and affects them. The actors get to do some fun things. The episode itself was uh, by a story by Rick Berman, Brandon Braga, of course, the creators of Enterprise, and Andrew, Andre Boramis... B O R M A N I S. Borminus? Borminus? Excuse me, everyone. A little early, a little tired, long weekend. Uh, it was by directed by David Livingston, who was uh, also another uh, of the fairly regular group of directors they used on Star Trek over the years. Again, uh, this episode, uh, The Crossing, we're getting back into now after the teaser. Alert. Weapons aren't charging, sir. They're offline. Face cannons. Torpedoes. Captain of the bridge! Go ahead. What's going on, Captain? The engines just went down. Warper impulse. Both! Hold on, Trip. So they've, uh, they've you know, lost work. everything. There's Weapon, no way to tell our sensors can't penetrate their hull. What about our life support? Fully operational. This one piece of good news. Any bio signs out there? None that I can detect. Rotate the dorsal camera. Still think this thing looks like the Hold inside of V'ger. At least Tilt the in initial area they went degrees. into. Get closer. There are all these sort the of like glowing lights of uh, energy kind of around them floating in the uh, inside of the ship. In the atmosphere. Mostly helium. Trace amounts of xenon. Prep a shuttle pod. One of the uh, things I liked a lot about Enterprise in the first season or two is they really tried to become sort of the uh, an explorer, exploration type of vessel, actually really go out there and see strange new worlds, meet new aliens and civilizations and things like that, where shows like, you know, Voyager did it to a degree, but they were mostly interested in getting home. Deep Space Nine didn't do it a lot because they were stuck on that station and things had to kind of come to them. But Enterprise tried to get back to this idea of exploring things, and they're now out in the uh, interior of the vessel. They're in their little cool space suits, which were very well done. I really like the designs of these suits they used on Enterprise. They had a good look, uh, and they, they sort of were a blending of what Star Trek had done and also what uh, you might see as a practical, uh, you know, astronauts kind of wearing. Let's see what we can find. Not nearly as bulky, of course, as the suits that NASA makes for their uh, astronauts when they do their spacewalks, which there's another uh, shuttle launch coming up, too, which is pretty uh, pretty cool. They've been ha having some pretty regular ones the last year or so. It's good to see that happening again. That. Get that uh, International Space Station all built. Not reading anything. It's like they're not there. Well, they're out there exploring the ship a little bit, and, you know, they're trying to scan those 
uh, little balls of light that are floating around but are having trouble getting any kind of good readings. just sort of went into a trip into his sort of head area on his visor or through his uh, shield there. Are you okay? Trip. Drinking, I'm starting to get caught back up on Ron Moore's Galactica podcast. You know, he's always mentioning the scotch that he drinks when he does. Those are great podcasts, by the way, for Galactica fans. We're 150 light years from Earth, Trip. I'm telling you, I was there. I'm not detecting any parasites or life forms or uh, wisps of smoke. He seems in perfect working order. He said he had some kind of out of body experience. Don't forget Florida, Captain. I don't care how far away it is. I was there. It's a very common hallucination, returning to a familiar place. What happened to the comm? You three talking about me? You're clear, Commander. Free to go. Thanks, Doc. You sure you're all right? I'm fine. I can't believe how amazing it was. I'd prefer to keep you in sickbay for a few days, but I can't afford to. I need you to get those engines back online. I'll see what I can do. Let me know if you take another trip to Tarpon Beach. Tarpon Springs. I'll keep you posted. Begin the, uh, the relationship here. Trip I and those uh, back Archer have always been friends. Well, not always, do. but been good friends for a long time. And one of the uh, good things I liked about Enterprise was the relationships between them and the various other crew members, too. But Trip and Archer always had a pretty close uh, friendship. It's like we're in the belly of the beast. We have no reason to believe their motives are hostile. They're holding my ship hostage. We don't know that. We don't? Look out there. You see any stars? Our engines are offline. Our weapons? Seems kind of hostile to me. I suppose it depends on how you look at it. Is there something you wanted to see me about? Ensign Sato is trying to communicate with the life forms. And? Nothing yet. The early uh, seasons with Tapal, she was uh, I've spoken to a number much of more, officers. you know, kind of they say the crew Vulcan-like, I guess is the way to put it, than later uh, in the third and fourth season, especially the fourth season. I've got to get them out of here. It's kind of uh, a little bit of the way Spock uh, went throughout the years on Trek. You know, he became a little more, uh, I guess, human-like. A little bit, little bits of emotion slipped in. Although Spock, being half human, half Vulcan, that made a little bit more sense to Paul. I think maybe just a little different. Although I 
I think in, in these days with Vulcans in, in the time of Enterprise, they their logic was sometimes a little bit more open for um, question or debate at times. Well, now that little alien just came back and, and zapped reinitializing the plasma flow. No one really noticed, though. Isn't charging. Commander? Are you all right, sir? Can I get you something? I'm fine. It's obvious he's been sort of taken over in a way by uh, this creature. Uh, but again, nothing Goodbye. really, as Paul said, they're not doing anything exactly hostile or anything like that. It's just that, you know, they've kind of pulled in Enterprise almost just to sort of examine them. Like somebody might take you, a, sir, but an animal be something and, wrong and tranquilize it from nature and, and examine it a little and then let it what go. Again, it's kind of the way I look at what they're doing and, uh, here. He seemed to think I was a superior officer. I'll be right down. He's not here, sir. He left engineering. Did he say where he was going? No, sir. I'm afraid not, Captain. Archer to Commander Tucker. Find him. Charles Tucker III. They found him in the uh, mess hall. He's got like this whole table full of food in front of uh, in front of Trip, and he's like trying it all out, tasting it. Yes, it's all very good. Have you ever tried this? It's called bread. You've never eaten it before. I've never eaten anything before. Where's Commander Tucker? I'm here. Charles Tucker III. Where's the man who used to be Charles Tucker? He's exploring another realm. My realm. But he'll be back. I want him back now. Please trust me. He's experiencing things he never thought he could. Where is he? It's not a question of where. He's no longer corporeal. But he will be again, I assure you. When we were outside, we saw a wisp of vapor penetrate him. Did you have anything to do with that? Wisp. An interesting word. Wisp. Wisp. <laughs> yes, I suppose you could call us that. Wisp. Wisp. Where do you come from? We live in subspace. We travel through it. We're explorers like you. Why did you take Commander Tucker? It's been a long time since we've encountered corporeal beings. After we performed the first crossing with your commander, we realized we were compatible. You're very interesting. Trapped in bodies that need maintenance. You have gender. 
We require mates to reproduce. You eat food. We were like you once, but we evolved. Now we can learn how our ancestors lived. I've always thought Stargate did this same kind of thing. I've always wondered, you know, why they... There's this always idea that uh, the higher beings would be this sort of form of energy and just intelligence without bodies and that, you know, we're sort of more primitive. I'm, you claim I'm, to be an explorer, I think Captain. in the wide, vast universe out there, I, I wonder Open if your there's, there's forms of life and energy that are just, that start out kind of that way, you know, and then uh, maybe they, they gain bodies later on. It's, it's I've never really followed why they, that seems to be sort of a higher well, state thought, of being, just being I've this my time wisp of, so. of consciousness floating around. The Organians and the original series were kind of like that, of course. Remember, they took the, the corporeal body so they could interact with uh, the Klingons and the humans and the Federation that came there. And, uh, you know, they're very much like these beings here in this episode. Now the uh, the little uh, wisp wow. came back and uh, brought Trip back to his body. Well, what? I was riding right alongside Hopalong Cassidy, chasing some bad guys. Then I was with Lisa again, except this time we were snow sailing in New Zealand. Then I was eight years old, maybe nine, picking up leaves with my dad. But it wasn't a dream, Captain. It was as real as I'm sitting here. They told me you can try it. Anyone on the crew? Who told you? They did. The, the ones I was with. I thought you were with Hopalong Cassidy and your girlfriend. <laughs> I was, but... Oh, it's hard to explain. You should try it. You'll understand what I'm talking about. Just try it try once. It. You'll like it. You'll be back Take for more. Seat. For seconds, Captain, for thirds. I'm fine. <laughs> we'll let the doctor decide how fine you are. Come on down. This is kind of, um, it's always a little bit tricky here with, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're out there looking for new life. Well, here it is right in front of their face, but you, you, they kind of want it on their own terms. They don't want to be sort of They've bodies invaded. And, and Commander Tucker, they've done everything you've asked. Have you considered they may have been telling the truth when they said they were just curious about us? Captain Starlog Supplemental. Now that the doctor's given Trip a clean bill of health, my primary concern is getting Enterprise out of here. But Trip tells me it'll be a while before he can get the engines online. From what we can tell, these life forms have no mass. Non-corporeal beings. That's got to be a first for Starfleet. But not a last. Thinks they just want to be meeting to lots of other beings like that in the Maybe future. She's right. Maybe I don't trust them because they're so different. I'd hate to think that was the case. Computer pause. Come in. I hope I'm not disturbing you. Everything all right? I'm not certain. One of those beings appeared in sickbay a few minutes ago. It entered me. Right here. But my physiology must not have been compatible. It left almost immediately. Are you sure you're all right? I'm fine. But it was disturbing. 
Life form was trying very hard to reach me. Yeah, so there you see that the, you know, even though they let Trip go, they let the Enterprise outside their ship, they're, they're still kind of not done with them, so there's a little something more going on here that they've let on. Now there's one inside uh, the ship again, and Malcolm's having to fire on it, sort of chasing him around. And of course, the phase pistol doesn't seem to have done much to him. Now it's um, now it's gotten into Malcolm, so now he's like looking kind of like he's tripping out. Basically, <laughs> he's kind of got a goofy look on his face, walking down the corridor. Uh, a female uh, uh, ensign walks by him. She kind of like gives her a good look. This is obviously a little bit different, maybe kind of a being than what had entered uh, into a uh, trip. Now he's into. Uh, I'm going to be deck. The turbo lift. Bidek is fine. Are you a female? Sir? Your gender. You are a female. Correct? Last time I checked. I'm a male. <laughs> I'm aware of that, Lieutenant. There seem to be a number of anatomical differences. Sir? Yeah, the, uh... This also kind of reminds me of the way Q acts a little bit when he's um, among uh, the Enterprise crew on TNG. You know, it, he gets a kick out of it a little bit to be a, a kind so of a normal on. person. Is there something I can do for you? You are very beautiful. Are you aware that you are the most attractive woman on board this ship? Do you think it's appropriate for you to be here at this hour? Would you mind taking off your clothing? <laughs> I'd like to learn more about your anatomy. Have you been drinking? If we are to engage in mating, it would be easier if you disrobed. Malcolm. To Paul to Captain Archer. Go ahead. Would you please come to my quarters with a security team? We're on our way. Are you afraid of me? You shouldn't be. I'm capable of defending myself. What is it like being a female? Is it much different? I wouldn't know. If you'd allow the crossing, you'd find out. I don't understand. If you came to us, you could experience what it's like to be male. Wouldn't that be helpful to you? I've never thought about it. You should. We're capable of letting you experience anything you wish for. It would be a shame not to take advantage of that. This isn't Lieutenant Reed. Enough. Humans don't like doing things without their consent. When are you planning to return Malcolm Reed? That depends. How does it? Let's see how much you enjoy experiencing the human condition locked in Reed's quarters. 
Malcolm. I need the ship ready to go on my command. They're gonna give him back, aren't they? We'll see. What did you do with the, uh... A security detail locked him in Malcolm's quarters. Get it done, Trip. Right away, sir. You heard him. Let's try to prime the deuterium pumps and fire up the injectors. Tucker Danson Cook. Yes, sir. I need you and two other engineers down here right away. I'll see who I can find. Commander! Quickly, please, tuck her out. Something wrong? Want to do a problem? Problem? No. Everything's fine. Uh, Did you have any uh, luck priming I don't pump? think so, really. I have no idea how to do that. This engine is very complex. Stay here. We'll be right back. Took her to the cabin. Go ahead, Trip. It's Rostov, sir. I think you need to get Malcolm. I mean, whoever's running security down here right away. It's uh, interesting oh, here. This um, get a security they've been working on uh, getting the engines Have back up and going, but there's only Trip and this I other engineer uh, in engineering at the time that I can see. Some of the crew are acting very strange. Then we're going to need more than one security team. Find out who's acting strange and have them confined to their quarters. How do we know the security officers are okay? For the moment, we're going to have to hope they are. Start working on a way to figure out who's themselves and who's not. Maybe Flox can help you. See who wants to eat lots of food and, and mate with DePaul. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That, that should tell you. Interesting they didn't come back after Trip, especially since he's the one trying to get the engines no, back. No, sir. Just ready to calibrate the dilithium matrix. Great. Wait till I give you the signal. We polarized the hull plating as soon as we detected that ship. Obviously, it didn't do any good. What's keeping them from taking all of us? Archer, you got impulse engines back, Captain. Thanks, Trip. Hold our position. I thought you said we needed to get out of here. They've got Malcolm. And God knows how many others. Until we find a way to get them back, we're not going anywhere. Also, the thing that I was wondering about this situation was, wouldn't you go after the leader? Wouldn't you go after the captain? What's the big secret? You know, we thought it best not mess to them up that way. It, we don't know yeah, who's been taken. There's probably reasons, I guess, but it, they're just kind of eluding me at least right now. Elevated acetylcholine levels in the autonomic nervous. Doctor. Whatever you've got, we need to put it to work. The subcommander programmed the medical computer. It's modifying this hand scanner as we speak. Get to work as soon as you're ready. Tucker Danson Mayweather. Go ahead, sir. I'm a little short-handed, Travis. Think I could get you to go back to the starboard in the cell and repolarize the warp coils? No problem, sir. Call me when you get to the catwalk. I'm on my way. There are two here. Ensign Cole and crewman Rossi. This also kind of reminds me a little bit about what goes on in the new Galactica, you know, with the idea of trying to figure out who's a Cylon and who isn't. Uh, you know, here they're trying to figure out, even though they're, they look like they're crew uh, mates and 
friends, who who can they can trust and who they can't. It kind of sets up an interesting dynamic on the show. And now there's one chasing after uh, Travis. Mayweather to the bridge. Go ahead. One of those things just followed me up the starboard strut. But when I got into the catwalk, it didn't come through. There must be something keeping it from getting in here. Then you better stay where you are. Aye, sir. Archer to Commander Tucker. Yes, Captain. Is there some kind of shielding in the nacelles that might keep these aliens from getting in? The catwalk's reinforced with osmium alloy, but it's hard to say if that would do it. Travis thinks it will. I need you to stop whatever you're doing and transfer all command functions to the starboard catwalk. We're going to have to get everybody in there. I'm on it. I want you and Paul to get the crew up there as quickly as you can. Hoshi. It would be best if they stayed where they were. What? We're offering them a great opportunity. They may never get another chance to experience existence as we do. Uh-oh, Hoshi's got Security it, Security to the bridge. You're taking over my crew. Why? I understand how you may be frightened by all this. Losing your substance, existing as perceptive energy. But you'll be grateful once you've made the crossing, I promise you. We're kind of fond of our substance. <laughs> We're not very anxious to give it up. That just sounds so much like a Kirk kind of line there. We're pretty fond of our substance, thank you very much. You're doing this for our benefit or for yours? Escort Ensign Sato to her quarters. You'll understand. Remember, Hoshi is one of the ones that's a little bit more scared and a little uh, more paranoid about meeting new aliens and exploring the galaxy. She was probably one of the more hesitant members that Archer recruited when Enterprise first took off. And Dr. Flox. You okay, Travis? I'm fine, sir. Thank you. Trip? I saw him down there in the command compartment. Thanks. One reason I was wanted to cover this episode was uh, I, I actually came across it a couple of weeks ago when I was traveling. It was airing on uh, uh, televisions and uh, reruns. And sometimes when that happens, I, I uh, find myself getting into the episode and kind of thinking about it again. So it kind of comes to the front of my mind. And I said, well, this week I was due to cover an Enterprise episode anyway. So for those of you wondering, you know, how and why I pick episodes, there's a lot of different reasons. Usually they're ones that I've enjoyed, too. But sometimes it it's like I've seen something, either a emotions. picture or seen it on a rerun and recently, and said, hey, that'd be a good one to cover. I should take a look at that again. Even if you're right, what would you accomplish? If an alien attempts this transfer, there may be a brief period Here, Tapal is suggesting for her to meld with, uh, with one of these creatures, these wisps. It's too dangerous. I won't let you do it. There's no other choice. And if you're wrong? It's a risk I'm willing to take. Well, I'm not. They've already taken 24 people. I'm not going to give them another one. You've told me you trust my judgment. Trust it now, unless you have another suggestion. Sick bay? There's been an accident. Hoshi? Hoshi Sato's been injured. I don't know how to repair the damage to her body. What happened? 
Her leg is fractured. She's in considerable pain. She needs assistance. So how does somebody break their leg when they're, you know, confined to their quarters? That, that would take some work, I think. Flox is uh, preparing himself. If you're near the door, step away. So he's got a phase pistol She's with him. She can't move. John Billingsley, uh, always great as Flocks in Enterprise. Uh, one of the good, you know, probably a little bit more, uh, maybe experienced. I don't know. I, I like all the actors on the show, but there's something kind of fun about him. It's always good to play an alien, too. He gives you a chance to do some different things. Now he's kind of scanning uh, Hoshi there laying on the floor and finding out, uh, you're, like, it looks there's pretty... the matter with you. <laughs> I need to find the rest of your crew. Where are they? That looks like Doctor Flox can take care of himself. She she kind of got the drop on him for a second, but he, he injected her. I brought her. you along, and uh, she's passed out now. Dr. Flox. Is everything going all right, Doc? More or less. Good. So Paul and I are going to need your help. Remember, they didn't like, uh, they, they, you know, his Denobulan physiology, these aliens were, um, didn't really seem to like it very much. They tried to go into his head and left real quickly. So he's, he's out uh, outside this catwalk area in the nacelle where these aliens can't seem to penetrate and he's trying to uh, take care of things while everyone else is kind of trapped up there even though they've got these 20 24 or whatever crewmen that are still possessed. Now Paul is going out and the alien thing went inside her head but of course she's a Vulcan and, and all that. Some commander? Paul? Succeeded. Locks to Captain Archer. Did you find her? I'm with her now. She's not acting like the others, but she's certainly not herself. Doesn't sound like that's the outcome she expected. Her neural pathways are hyperstimulated. Damn it. Hate it when you better take her to her quarters. Yes, Captain. Come with me. Everything will be all right. I'm afraid I have to insist. I promise you. She had a very intense look on her face, and then the alien left. What is my name? Subcommander. They're lying to us. My name. We don't have time for this, Flocks. I have to get to the captain. Of course Their they're lying. Their ship is deteriorating, and they have no way to repair it. They can't survive in space. So they are doing this to save themselves? Eighty-two of them are. One for every crewman on Enterprise. How many of them are there? Hundreds. The rest will try to find another vessel of corporeal beings. Where's Commander Tucker? Of course they could have just sure. asked for a little Please help, maybe, and not take everyone over. If the Commander can find a way to shield Enterprise, we can leave the catwalk and go to warp. And lose a third of the crew. Two-thirds will survive. Unacceptable. We're going to find a way to get them back. That may be difficult, 
Can they survive in a host that's dead? It would be no different than being exposed to space. They'd die. Archer to Flox. Yes, Captain. Are you doing all right? We're okay. How long do you think we'll be in here, Ensign? I'm sure the captain will get us out as soon as he can. Has anyone seen Commander Tucker? No, sir. Not for a while. I think he was down there. Thanks. We'll have to purge the carbon dioxide within 20 seconds of respiratory failure. That'll give you enough time to resuscitate them? Oh, yes. It's enough time. Don't forget to close off the ventilation to the starboard nacelle. We wouldn't want the gas to affect you and the others. Understood. Sorry, Captain. I can't find Commander Tucker. Has anyone opened either of the ventral hatches? Not since we sealed them. You must have missed it. I'll look again. Four, five. Now, uh, Phlox is in a uh, environmental suit because they're going to try to flood the Enterprise with uh, CO2 to try to knock everyone out. Junction four one alpha. Kill them almost to get those aliens to uh, good die or leave or something. You see the releases on either side? Yes, there are uh, four of them. Two blue. Two silver. Open them. The silver ones first. Done. Now pull the panel off. What should I do with it? Whatever you want. Lay it down on the floor. Very well. <coughs> ah, right where you said it was, Captain. Uh-huh. Find the control panel. It's right here. So, uh... Yes. Behind Archer and Paul in the temporary sort of bridge area and then his cell, you can see Trip kind of hiding in the background. Now, before we can release the gas into central ventilation, you're going to have to reroute the transfer lines to the carbon dioxide tanks. And how do I go about doing that? Those six switches control the feed. You're going to have to recalibrate them in sequence for CO2. I'll guide you through it. Looks like a little goof here on Flox's environmental suit. It doesn't even look like his helmet is uh, sealed. Uh, I don't know what that's. Are you all right, sir? I'm fine. The captain asked me to find you. He needs you in the command compartment. Commander? Now, of course, Trip's running down this uh, area, this nacelle, this trying to open the hatch. Here, sir. It's not safe. Uh, what are you doing? Uh. Trip uh, got out of the nacelle. He hit Travis, knocked him out. I reached the access tube, Captain. Good. So it's well, obvious he's uh, still possessed. It's not coming off. It'll come off. You just need to use a little muscle. I've used every muscle I've got. It won't budge. Try using your foot for leverage. 
one suggestion. Okay. Now the next part's a piece of cake. We've got a problem, Captain. Stand by, Doc. What happened? Commander Tucker. He just went out the forward hatch. What? I tried to stop him, sir. He didn't look like himself. I think one of those things got inside him. If he knows what we're doing. We're gonna have to speed things up, Doc. Trip's been taken. He left the catwalk a few minutes ago. If he tries to let his buddies out of their quarters, we don't have any guards down there to stop him. Tell me what to do. You'll have to purge the osmotic filters. The valves are right behind the control circuit. You're going to have to get two fingers through the upper holes in the support plate. Normally that wouldn't be a problem, but wearing those gloves could make it difficult. Back home, I'm known for my fine motor skills. I doubt a pair of EV gloves will deter me. There are two solenoids behind the openings. When you tap them simultaneously, the plate should retract. Did you say there were two? About three centimeters apart. Got it. You should be looking at two rotary valves and a lever. I see them. Open both valves all the way. Then turn the lever to the three o'clock. Oh, okay, position. I was wrong now. That should do it. Flocks uh, kept his helmet loose, but now he just sealed it before he does the, the, you know, releases the gas. So, okay, no, it doesn't doesn't look like it was a mistake. I don't know if they did that on purpose for so he could respond to them. Now, of course, Trip shows up and uh, pulls down Flocks. He's trying to uh, stop him. <laughs> yeah, so Flox head-butted him with his uh, faceplate uh, on his environmental suit and knocked uh, Trip down. Let me back up again. But now it's a little too late. The gas is coming out. across the ship that was possessed at least uh, dying the thing I don't get about that is I guess well they were tricked a little bit but Tucker uh, even though he knew about it he also Tucker. leaves Vent the gas. in a moment captain I need to be certain the CO2 level is consistent throughout the ship that all the life forms are gone Ready, Travis yes sir Now. A couple of 
think that's the take-home message here today. What's going on, Doc? Just breathe deeply. You'll be fine. I was just at a barbecue. In through the nose, out through the mouth. One thing that they missed here, an opportunity I thought would have been that it would have been seems like for some of the members of the crew maybe if they had, you know, long lost loved ones that had died or something they would have been almost wanting these things to take them over so they could relive these past uh, memories and things. But, you know, I still think it was kind of a fun episode. Gave, again, the the different actors a little something different to play with uh, and to uh, to act. Uh, the uh, the scene, of course, with Malcolm and T'Pol, I thought was a lot of fun. And uh, you are female. Do you realize you are the most beautiful female crew member aboard this ship? I, did he go and look at, like, everyone? Did this alien uh, check it out? Also, the idea of beauty for the aliens. Wouldn't it be different than ours? I don't know. Lots of things to think about. So, anyway, there you go with the episode of The Crossing from Season 2 of Enterprise. I hope you enjoyed this uh, little look at that episode. And we will uh, be back in a moment. Okay, now uh, we have a uh, commentary about this episode, a short one, uh, from uh, Rick Moyer uh, out in Washington. So take it away, Mr. Moyer. Hey, Rico, this is Rick Moyer from Aberdeen, Washington. I listen to your podcast every week and have so for over a year now. Absolutely love it. You do such a great job. So happy that you're doing The Crossing uh, great episode, Enterprise episode. I like this episode for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, Star Trek kind of did the Alien of the Week takes over the bodies of the main characters quite a bit. But for some reason, I really, really liked that when I was a kid, and I still kind of dig it. Don't ask me why. Go figure. Anyway, not too original, but I have to say they had great special effects on this episode. And I also enjoyed seeing the crew in, a neat, in those neat space suits. Those are just kind of cool looking. Uh, the scene in the galley was nice as uh, Tucker was eating all that cool food. Uh, I did get kind of creepy when the aliens got more aggressive. And I kind of felt bad for Phlox. He kind of got kicked around a lot in this episode. Of course, in the end, our heroes take care of everything. Save the day by blowing up the big mothership. They always do that, don't, don't they? Yeah. Great Trek episode. So, I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5 stars only because it wasn't extra original. But I really, really enjoyed Enterprise, and I think it's too bad it didn't get to go three more seasons. Pretty cool show. So anyway, have a good one, uh, everyone. Thanks, Rico, for the great podcast. You rock. See you next time on Treks and Sci-Fi. Well, thanks, Rick. Uh, always great to uh, hear from you and your comments about the uh, weekly episode uh, that I usually cover. Uh, you're a very uh, regular contributor, and I really appreciate everything that you do. And uh, I wanted to mention I've had a couple of donations lately, and I'll mention it again. They're on the forums and on the main com website. There is a PayPal donation button, and those are always welcome and appreciated. Uh, very uh helpful uh, you know just uh i'm trying to put together some new software uh, you heard a little bit of that uh at the beginning of the uh, this podcast and 
upgrading the computer and, and i've got a couple of new little things coming up too in the pipe uh, in the next couple of weeks i think you'll enjoy uh, a little bit of a yeah there'll be a little something special let's just say coming up memorial day weekend i think on the podcast so look for that and uh, but again uh, donations always welcome for the show and help me uh, keep running the websites and buying new equipment and trying to make a, a fun and enjoyable geeky show for all of you Okay, we're going to just wrap things up this week. I'm not going to do a collectible. Uh, it, it's uh, it's just, well, I've got a few things I could talk about, but uh, I've got a few uh, ideas on a, a little different way of doing the collectible reviews that I'm going to be exploring here also in the next month or two. So, um, But I'll still be continuing to probably do them on the podcast in the meantime. Uh, one thing I did want to mention, though, is um, Angela. Angela uh, of the... Uh, famous Angela and Jen Anomaly podcast. Angela just had a baby, a baby boy, and I just wanted to put out a big uh, congratulations to her. I'm not sure if she's listening, uh, but uh, she's probably got her hands full. Uh, this is, I think, her first baby, a uh, baby boy I had uh, earlier this week, and a big uh, congratulations. And we've got another geek in the world, which will be great, and uh, I'm sure they're going to be having uh, lots of fun with that. And uh, Plop them down in front of uh, the TV and get them watching Star Trek reruns. Uh, I know that's what I did with my two sons when they were little, and uh, I think it shows. They seem to enjoy this stuff, uh, maybe not quite as much as dear old dad does, but uh, they enjoy it as well. They really got a kick out of Iron Man and uh, the Star Wars films and Star Trek as well, too, and Galactica and all that stuff. And, you know, these things are fun. And the nice thing these days about uh, geeky things like this and, and that, it versus when I was growing up, it's just so much more accepted now. I mean, if you look at the big movies and the big popular TV shows, uh, there's a lot of stuff that is in the sci-fi and fantasy realm, and comic books and, and all that thing. And, it, it, you know, it's darn, darn it, it's about time. You know, this stuff is good material. It isn't just, a, you know, crazy bug-eyed aliens and silly and schlocky things. There's a lot of good stories, a lot of great acting going on. Uh, Galactica is just amazing with the actors on there and, it's just uh, it, it's great that this stuff is becoming much more widespread and accepted. It's uh, although I joke with my wife Lynn, I say, you know, sometimes I think I need to find a different habit or right, is it a habit or a different hobby? Or I guess it's a little bit of both. But it, I, I've always been kind of anti-mainstream, if that's a right way to put it. And I've said, you know, all this stuff, comics and and video games and well, not so much video games. I guess those have been sort of popular always. But you know, the kind of thing I like Trek and and that uh, is becoming a little more mainstream, a little more popular. I need something that's a little more offbeat to 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 uh, to show that I, I I don't just follow the rest of the people. Although I have to say I was I was there before most of the people that have jumped into it. So I guess I've got that going for me. Anyway, again, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. I'm going to kind of just wrap it up and wind down. Uh, if you do notice anything different on the show, again, I'm using different equipment. I hope the sound quality is still good. I think it should be. I'm using pretty much the same software in that. But, uh, again, always look forward to your comments. The The way to get in touch with me, treksf at gmail.com. The voicemail line, 206-666-127. And uh, look for new things on the website. Join the forums. Uh, we've got some new people aboard there, and we're still doing the RPG game, and, and just lots of fun. So, Check those out. Just go to trucksandsci-fi.com, and there are lots of links there at the top of the page to get the different sections and collectible reviews, and the Trek Daily Pick is still going strong. So 
Anyway, everyone, have a great week. I will be back next week probably with another Trek episode uh, to look at. Oh, I'm also going to the Motor City Comic Con. For anybody in the Michigan, Ohio, and in and, and nearby area, I will be probably going to this convention next Saturday, which is May 17th. I will be wearing my new black Treks in Sci-Fi t-shirt and try to connect with some people there from the area and also try to get some audio and, and maybe some other things from some of these celebrities showing up at the convention. So I will be doing that next weekend, and I'll probably talk about it a little bit on next week's podcast as well. So until then, everyone have a great time, a great week. Enjoy uh, the spring-like weather, especially for those in the northern hemisphere. And I will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye for now. So I guess we're through here. I guess we are. Computer. And program. The final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. Its continuing mission. To explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before. This has been a Rick Dusty Podcast production.